The future belongs to those who control the culture, and the culture belongs to those who control the conversation. So we are having the conversations you wish you could have at church to build a safe and vibrant community. This is the Oz Table Talk Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode and a new season of Oz Table Talk. My name's Luke and I'm at the table with Dave and Steve. Good evening. Good evening. Hello. I always feel like I'm a bad boy when you start recording and I'm doing something. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> 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 Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Daddy's talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this feels so strange now. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Okay. You are a dad. Yes. It's not weird. Yes, I know, but you're not my son. <laughs> No, <laughs> not quite that young. <laughs> yeah, small gap, not that big. So. Anyway, how is everybody? <laughs> Delighted. Delighted <laughs> to yeah. be here. Yeah. Oh, so, pretty good. How about you, Steve-O? Yeah, good. Good to see you guys again. Rocking the summer camp shirt. Yes, always. Yes. <laughs> summer camp. Oh, it's a recent one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. one yeah. at um, uh, Somerset. Anchored. <laughs> what was the theme about? Uh, being anchored in Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Nice. Mm. Cool summer yes. camp, awesome, so much fun. Yeah. So, how's, how's your life been? Oh, mine. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. It's been a pretty good week. So, just work and all the all the normals, and I'm just glad to glad to be recording. So, it's cool to be doing this. We've been. I feel like this has been so long in the pipeline because, like, we we started recording a series on relationships. Oh, years ago, 2018, I think. Yeah, something like, something that. like that. And I think it was just before COVID, actually. But oh, really? We'll, we'll go with 18. Oh. Mm. 19 yeah around there <laughs> close enough but we started and then never finished and now those episodes are like half, like half done yeah. and so long ago yeah. yeah so we like we probably don't even believe the stuff that we said so <laughs> check them out <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah well hey has your perspective changed yeah of course in, in like the last three years it'd be Do a problem you... if we hadn't grown yeah i was gonna say you've grown right yeah. so yeah <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, a little bit rough saying we don't believe it at all, but no, I understand what you meant. Yeah, yeah, good. I've got faith that everyone else listening had had that degree of clarity. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Now, is it going to make you more or less self-conscious if I say to you that I feel like we've got a little bit less of your bandwidth than we did last week? No, that was probably <laughs> fairly accurate. <laughs> you do realize the question wasn't that though. The question was more or less self self uh, conscious. I'm gonna take. Yeah. I'm gonna take it that I'm right because you're not processing. <laughs> oh no! Ne- last, never mind, Luke. Never yeah, mind. Last good week, good to have you with us. I think that's universal. Last week you were running on NOS. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't think I've ever been described that way. But yes. <laughs> he was firing on all cylinders. Fast and furious, Luke. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it. it was like that. We finished recording, you guys left, and I'm like, man, I could still be going. I, I saw those posts, yeah, you're like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> psyched. Yeah, I was stoked last yeah. week, I, and I, I still have no idea why. Like, it's not like I had significantly more sleep or anything else was going particularly well. I was just doing good. So yeah, well, when you figure it out, let us know. Oh, if I figure it out, I'm doing it. Yeah. What was that? Oh! <laughs> he you said say? it was a full moon. Full moon. Oh, full moon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, just howling for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I've come to expect that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, oh. Maybe he has a few more cylinders than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Double barrels. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so relationships, huh? Yes, relationships. So, um, yeah, 
we're going to do this series in how many parts? Is it about eight or nine, something like that? Is that the plan? That's the plan. We'll see how far we get with yeah. them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. more than halfway. By the, yeah. yes. the time we get halfway through, we might have a couple of other episodes up our sleeve. Yes. Well, it, even in like the early, you know, brainstorming stages, we thought, oh, it's going to be, I don't know, we started like six parts or something like that. And then we kept, oh, we should talk about this. Yeah, and we yeah. should talk about that. And, it, and we've combined to get it down to eight or nine. Yeah, I think exactly. we're at like 12 at one point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so There's I, a lot to say. Yeah, I, was, I feel good about it though because I think it's something that is, it's so relatable, right? Like a lot of the... Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> it's a big chunk of your life too, mate. Yeah, so it, it is. It should be that there's, you know, a lot to say about it, I would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> and it affects virtually everybody. So it's it's not something that is... It, no one gets to be able to get through life without at least considering it and trying to deal with it and reckon with it somewhere, right? Sure, yeah, of um, course. Yeah. And one of the aspects we'll talk about is singleness. So even yes. those who are not in a relationship there will be something for you too yeah absolutely and we were planning to have a full table tonight so yeah. uh, ben and matt are, are missing and by the way the matt we're talking about is the good looking matt <laughs> and they're going to see him when he comes on yeah that's, that's it, it. Yeah. that's it he'll be on the screen for the first time yes so but he will be loving it oh that's right yeah, yeah he hasn't been yeah. on video yet that's true that's yeah. now you get to know how good looking he really is <laughs> that's it that's, maybe that's why he didn't come he's he's worried about you know oh. losing the, the persona psyched out so they don't <laughs> yeah psyched. they're gonna see me and I'm gonna realise I'm actually even more beautiful oh exactly yeah, alright yeah, right. puffing him up now <laughs> like he's not he wouldn't be able to get out yeah but what we were thinking we were chatting about this earlier and it's <laughs> it's uh, it's good that we've been able to get like we're all in different life stages, right? You know, we've got... We uh, just need to have some women at the table as well. That would have really rounded That would have been really good. Yeah. I know, it would have been good. And sometimes, like people have actually asked in the past, you know, why aren't there women at the table? And it's not that we it's have... availability. Yeah, it's availability. It's not necessarily yeah. that um, it's a choice. It's just we don't have any that are keen and available and all the rest we'll of share some We'll share some perspectives from, from women as well. And yeah. And do, do our yeah. best to try and be rounded. Yes. As, as well as we can as yep. three guys sitting at a table. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. a round table. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. Surveyor jokes. Geometry jokes. Let's move on. Cool. So, so what's our first topic, Luke? So, yeah. So the topic for tonight is why get married in the first place? Because yeah. a lot of times we just assume it's like a checkbox that you knock off in life. It's like, yeah, <laughs> done that, done that, done that, done that. Whereas... If there's nothing, if there's nothing deeper than that, well, why do we do it? Right. So yeah, well, and that could be asked in many ways. That could be why mm. get married? Why not just have a relationship mm. without you know getting going through all of that trouble? Yes, <laughs> and expense and right. all the stuff that goes yeah. along with it. Or right. it could be like, why would you be in a relationship at all? So we'll probably yeah. try and deal with a lot of those aspects. Yeah, um, as we have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're pitching it from the assumption that relationships have a point. Mm. Yes, we are. Yeah. So <laughs> the the point of that being marriage. Mm. So, I think that's... Yeah. Well, maybe that's a good... Preach, preach boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're starting here. So, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> what's the point of relationships? Yeah. 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 But maybe that's a good place to start. Like, from, from our perspective, like you were, you were mentioning, Dave, uh, you were in a book that you're reading, you are talking about some of the statistics. Um, why, do we th- why do we treat marriage as a starting point, as an assumption? Like, why isn't just... Um, you because know, God picking did. a relationship okay. because God did yeah so um, as Christians as Bible believing Christians we we take our you know our foundations from scriptures mm. and so when God created man it was like mm. one of the first things he did right yeah so you know when you read the Genesis account I'm probably going to come back to chapter one I'm mm. going to start in chapter two sure. uh, chapter two describes the creation again in sort of more intimate terms and he talks about how the Lord God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life he became a living being um, 
and then there's this sort of interaction with the garden talks about the rivers talks about the beauty of the place and it says then the lord god took the man and put him in the garden this is verse 15 of chapter 2 um to tend and to keep it and the lord commanded um the man saying don't eat of the um this tree you can eat of all of the other trees don't eat of this tree and then it says um in verse 18 and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone hmm. i will make him a helper comparable to him and so yeah god is is recognizing that um a man alone, and I think you could say the same about a woman, a woman, a woman yep. alone um, is not not the whole picture, right? Mm. In God's perspective, not the whole picture yeah. because God created us for a purpose, which we'll come back to in just a minute. Mm. And so, yeah, so God does create a woman, but he doesn't just create them to, to cohabit. Mm. It says that he creates a woman and then he... Um, uh, so verse 21 caused him to have a deep sleep uh, he took uh, one of his ribs closed up the flesh uh, put it in its place the rib he made um, a woman uh, and he brought her to the man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones flesh of my f- flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man and it says therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh which is where we get this idea of marriage from yeah. so God creates the woman that he introduces them and then yeah the, the next step in God's mind is that they would then take that step to be married mm-hmm. um, so which is a, a union yeah. how would you describe the marital union what, what sort of other terms might you use hmm I think the most telling, and I don't know if this is where you're where you're leading with that question, but the the term there, one flesh, is something that has like played on my mind, especially when I got married. Uh, just thinking about that, of uh, I am no longer like yes, we have our individual personalities, as I'm still Luke and she's still Sarah, but at some spiritual level, in a very legitimate way, we have become one entity. You know, mm-hmm. I think you think of it like a, a company, right? It's a it's a mixture of entities, but once that document is signed, those entities function as a single single unit mm-hmm. and to and to whatever extent that actually happens i believe that is a very literal thing that happens to us as mm-hmm. spiritual beings mm-hmm. when we get married yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um like the other word that comes to mind for me is a very scriptural word is covenant yeah um, this is a covenant this is an agreement that's made between the two and they enter into this agreement there and they're joined mm-hmm. uh, and as you said they become one flesh so this joining is this this agreement that they are going to to go through life together mm-hmm. you know through thick and thin as we might say yep. um you know the good times and the bad times as as you'd be familiar with some of the mm-hmm. the, the wedding vows you know yeah uh, till death to us part sort of thing so there's mm-hmm. there's this idea of this commitment to one another this covenantal commitment that we are in in a relationship mm-hmm. um that has been like it has there are um, rules there are principles uh, to this relationship it's not just a willy-nilly thing Mm. like you're making a commitment to each other yeah and God makes God sets this up in the context of making mankind uh, you know so man and woman happy right Mm -hmm. so he sets up Eden so there's this place that he has defined for them to live he gives Adam work to do he says this is this is what you're going to do you're going to tend the garden and so you've got food to eat you've got everything you need and you also have Eve and Eve you have Adam like so you know he sets up this is the all of the basic essentials for for life and flourishing mm-hmm. and enjoyment. So. so, so you could say that one of the currencies, if you like, of of this you know environment of pleasure that God was creating there mm-hmm. in Eden is relationship. Yeah, you know, community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God was cre- has created us for that for that purpose to mm-hmm. to be in community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that there's no um, deeper or more meaningful community than a a marriage or a family. 
Yeah. Um, because the closer you get to somebody, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the more uh, significant, profound that relationship becomes, mm-hmm. the more impactful it becomes, the more meaningful its inf- influence over your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, God created us for that purpose. I think it's also really insightful that in chapter one, when he, when he first creates man and, and introduces, you know, the concept of, of mankind... Mm-hmm. Um, that there's this idea of them being created in God's image. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Um, and in verse 27, so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And we've gone over this a million times before, I'm sure. Yep. But um, it's really significant here that that in God's eyes, the image of God can only truly be reflected mm-hmm. by both parties. You know, mm-hmm. there is there is something about masculinity mm-hmm. and something about femininity that reveals the, the character of God, who he is. Yep. And, and as males, we can't fully reveal who God is alone. Mm-hmm. As females, they can't fully reveal who God is alone. Now, that doesn't mean, uh, of course, that you can't be an image bearer uh, if you're not in a relationship. That's not what yeah. that means. Yeah. Um, but, but I think what it does mean is that, that one of the greatest ways that we can testify to who God is to the world, mm. like one of our greatest sort of mission mm. um, opportunities is to do that together, yeah. uh, to represent God as a couple, as a family. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny. It works both both in the outward-looking way, but also in the inward-looking way, right? So, from the outward perspective, it shines who God is, assuming you have a good relationship, that that shows the positive qualities of of God and how that's working in your life. But it also works the other way as well, by being in community as or, or in a relationship, in a covenant experience with another human being, that also highlights to you the areas of your character that are the most noble, but also those that require the most yeah. help. <laughs> require the most effort. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, I mean, I shared this quote with you before and mm. um, I think this is a really profound way of looking at it. Um, so this is Tim Keller in his book, The Meaning of Marriage. Mm. Um, he says, if we want to be happy in marriage, we will accept that marriage is designed to make us holy. Mm. Like, just let that sit with you for a second. If mm. we want to be happy in marriage, we will accept that marriage is designed to make us holy. Mm. And you said, like, that marriage is designed to make us happy and certainly it is. Mm. Um, but the primary benefit of being married is that it makes you holy yeah. and there is happiness in holiness. Mm. You know, I, th- I think it's worth clarifying that. There mm-hmm. is happiness in holiness, yeah. but the primary purpose of marriage is actually what you just said there, refining yeah. you so that you can be the best version mm-hmm. of yourself. And you do that by rubbing up against each other's, you know, raw yeah. bits mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. you know, just uh, really getting to the place where you're like, oh, there's an aspect of my character that I wouldn't have seen if I wasn't in such close proximity with another human being that was different yeah. than me. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, you you don't think of that like you know before i got married to sarah i lived at home with my my parents and you know i i don't know how, i don't know if you guys feel this and i mean steve you're you're still living with your with, with your parents and so i don't know if you can relate to this but you sort of like you're doing your life and things are kind of normal and you're looking at, at what's going on you're like man i've got like this thing and this other little thing and if i just sorted those out like yeah <laughs> I'm good, right? I'm sanctified. I, like I'm holy, and like I would not have articulated it like that. But ultimately, in like internally, that's the way I saw myself. It's like okay, but for like a couple of these little like edge case things, I'm ostensibly a holy person. Like mm-hmm. I've got, I've kind of got my life in order, and I'm connected with Jesus, and and I'm all good. But when you get married, then all of a sudden things become oh wow, this irritates me so much. Why does this irritate me? I don't understand why this irritates me yeah. so much. I why? thought the goalposts were just there. How did they get all the way over there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it all moves. Yeah. And it moves. 
moves. And the longer you're married... And then does that happen they, again when you have kids? Oh. <laughs> See... <laughs> that was a don't talk to me about that. Right? Yeah, it's like, 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 let's save this for another episode. Like, I, I could do an episode right here without even you guys talking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> solo. Yeah, just chuck a solo. But um, more like a rant, though, at that point. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Either that or confession. Yeah. yeah. That'd be three Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, the like, point that I'm getting at is that, yes, when, when you get married, you start to... You see so much stuff about yourself mm-hmm. that you didn't see before, but for yeah, in in my experience, that that amplifies that's, and I, this is an exaggeration. I would say that amplifies at least four times by like the second year of your parenting adventure. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it, it's just a, a real check on where you are, and you also gain <laughs> if you do it right, you gain a lot of empathy for other people that are struggling, and it doesn't even matter what they're struggling with. It's because you've been. Yeah, like through whatever you've been through, it's like oh well, I can I can let them off the hook. So, so in a recent series, uh, our most recent series, we did Mm, Philippians, Philippians, right? Mm. And in Philippians chapter two, we looked at how Paul is is you know exhorting the Philippian church Mm. um, not to uh, esteem themselves as better than others, Mm. uh, but to each look out for the needs of the other. Yes, um, which is so the marriage concept, right? That's exactly what God designed it to be. Mm. And and he then goes on and he says, by doing that, we're going to come into contact with the mind of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. and he and he leads up to to that mm-hmm. very idea where he's like, let this mind mm-hmm. be in you, and he goes and describes that. Yep. Um, and so, really, what we're saying when we're saying that marriage is designed to make us holy mm-hmm. is that marriage is designed to 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 help us to to obtain that mind of Christ, to be able to mm-hmm. live the kind of life yes. um, that Jesus would live. Because let's think about this. And of course, Jesus did that without being married. So there's mm-hmm. your first indicator that it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. But it's helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's because it's helpful in my mind because. Um, as as we were just saying, as you uh, are gaining the opportunity to esteem the other better than yourself, um, you'll you'll find. I've I've certainly found the closer you get to someone, uh, the more comfortable you are with being your your raw self, uh, which isn't always a good thing, right? Yeah. You know, quite often the people that you're closest to see the worst side of you, right? Yeah. Your family, for example. I was gonna say, why are you laughing so hard, Steve? Hey, what? Uh, <laughs> like the, your family, I, yeah. I find your family are the ones that you're gonna get most angry with you know you're going to let out your 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 worst outburst with for example right and so i think what what i'm trying to say here is is if if, is if you can learn to live holy in the context of the closest people in your life then you can definitely do that with a random stranger on the street who you're inclined to put your best foot forward with Hmm. does that make sense yes like if if you're doing well if you're a christian at home you're a christian everywhere exactly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah Mm. So yeah, I think yeah. that's certainly one of one of the uh, mm. the reasons why to get married to me is mm. to to give you that opportunity to to see further refinement, yep. um, and also as we were saying to exemplify the the character of God yeah. um, as we were designed to do so. Mm. And and I just want to go back also to what I was saying before, like I, I was emphasizing the the fact that being married highlights to you things that that need changes and you, you get lets you rub those edges off, mm-hmm. but. In hindsight, after you have been married for a while, it it's amazing. You can look on it with a great deal of, of joy and satisfaction at how far you've come without even... Not without meaning to. I don't know if that's the right word, but... I guess what I'm saying is as long as you are putting the effort into maintaining your marriage and, and, and staying in that relationship in a positive way, the refinement is automatic. It's not like... 
um, you have to, oh, hey, I really should get better at this. It's like you are getting rubbed and refined the whole time. And you can look back and go, wow, God has done so much in me. And, and you can see it really clearly when after you've been married. And I guess my progress in, as far as Christian experience goes wasn't as clear to me before it was uh, not an optional extra. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Where were you going? No, no, you weren't interrupting. I was just while you were while you were saying that, I was just finding those statistics that you were talking yeah, about before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this uh, this book, the the Tim Keller book that I just referenced, Meaning of Marriage, it's it's quite an old book, 2011. I was just checking when it was published, 2011. So uh, it's not that old. It's no, but as in from a statistical perspective, oh, it's yeah, very sorry, old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, some of these stats, are, I'm going to be quoting like 2008, and you're going to be like, hmm. what are you talking about? It's because the book was published a few years later. Yep. Um, so, he talks about over the last 40 years, the leading marriage indicators, um, empirical descriptions of marriage health and satisfaction in the United States have been in steady decline. The divorce rate uh, nearly tw- yeah, is nearly twice the rate it was in 1960. Um, in 1970, 89% of all births were to married parents, but uh, today only 60% are. More tellingly, over 72% of American adults were married in 1960, but only 50% were in 2008. And as we were saying off air before we started recording, like now in 2022, mm. that's going to be significantly less than 50% yeah. of you know parents are going to be married. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, in the book, he talks about you know why is that the case? And one of the proposals that he throws out there is that. Um, that's probably a bad word to use in this context. Yeah, proposals. proposals. <laughs> <laughs> One of the propositions. Yeah. Yes, there's, um, there's a chronic lack of proposals. <laughs> yeah. um, he talks about the fact that we're, we're almost scared of getting married because um, he says this, this overarching belief... Uh, uh, after all, the reasoning goes: fifty percent of all marriages end in divorce, and surely many uh, of the fifty other fifty percent must be miserable. Uh, living together before marriage, many argue, improves your chances of making a good marriage choice. And so, mm. people are reasoning: well, you know, marriage seems to be the problem. Mm. So let's just live together. Let's just you know have kids together without the commitment. And then when we're done, we're done. We just move on to another person, mm. um, and then nobody gets hurt. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Really? <laughs> really? Right? Yeah, no. well, even if... Um, like, I know I've had guys at work um, say a very similar thing along those lines. So, they're one of them's engaged now, okay. one of them's married happily with two kids. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's, like, just talking in the car when you're driving around. He said that, you know, you've got a, the whole try before you buy mentality yeah. where he and his, like, wife moved in together. Yeah. And then, yeah, eventually got married down the track, but mm-hmm. it's just like... Hmm. I guess that's kind of the mentality that right. we go into. Go well. Let's let's see if we actually can, like, start the refinement process without the commitment. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Hmm. yeah. But you see the yeah, and well, I, I guess it's kind of obvious. But the problem with that is that if you if you treat it as temporary, if you have a back door, you will always lose it. Use it, I should say, because you're always trying to. Basically, all you're saying is, well, if things get bad enough, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, it's basically what it and things down. invariably will get bad, right? Yeah. Everybody's going oh, to have those seasons to, where there's right? going to be, you know, yep. tension, mm-hmm. uh, and so there's going to be a reason, if you like, if you yeah. see it that way, to yeah. to walk out. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, I guess like you say, if you've got that back door in the relationship, mm. you're going to be much more likely to walk out. Yeah. Yeah, especially if when you have entered into the marriage commitment, you've entered into it sincerely, you know, yes. for the purpose of like actual commitment, mm. um, not just you know. Mm. To do you think this, this whole thing about commitment though? <coughs> do you think that there is a fear of a generational fear of commitment that's going on? Like, do you think that's a like a hallmark of the younger generations that are out right now? <laughs> yes, I'm 
in yeah. possibly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I'm just looking around, like just, and I don't even mean with with marriage, right? But yes, marriage. But I'm, I'm thinking about people that I that I know either in relationships or even just committing to stuff, whatever the stuff might be, right? Yeah. You know, respo- responsibilities I could say of any kind. And I think it's got something to do with the fact that there is so much. Like right now, we are spoiled for choice. There is so much that's going on and anybody can be involved in anything because there's so much going on. And so there's so much choice. People are so afraid of making the wrong choice that they, everyone's trying to keep their options open. And because they're keeping their options so open, they're never ready to take on heavy responsibilities. And that's obviously a sweeping generalization. I'm sure there are people that, that are. I could think of examples of people who do. But I think just generally speaking, I look at the people that are my age and younger versus the people that are my age and older and the people that are on the younger and a far more, uh, you know, fear commitment, far, far more. And I don't know whether that's just an age thing. Have they not got to the, the age where it makes sense for them to commit more or I don't know. I think also part of that is the why you're going into something. Like, so mm. I was thinking it's also similar with careers today, right? Yeah. You know, people will go through many, many careers throughout their lifetime. Whereas back in the day, it would have just been you, you choose your career and you stick with it for the rest of your life. Yep. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm. I'm probably a good example of somebody who's done that. Um, but I think one of the, the reasons for that is that we're always striving for like um, for self actualization. There was another word I was looking for other than just happiness. But do you know what I mean? We're mm. looking for some sort of uh, fulfillment or, or joy or happiness or in the experience. Mm. Self actualization, you said? Yeah. You want to explain yourself? Oh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So, you know, like at the basic levels, it's like food, shelter, et cetera. And then the, like the peak of the of the pyramid is, is self actualization, where like, you know, you, you've got full creative self expression, doing whatever you, whatever you want, reaching the you know, highest impact that you can as a person. Okay. Sure. Pro- probably, probably not exactly the thought I was going with, because mm. you know that's probably a great thing to strive for. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I'm meaning is, like, if you you rewind a generation or two, survival and making sure your kids have food and live to see your grandchildren, like that was, that was like an amazing um, thing for people to achieve. And if they could hit that, they were satisfied. Whereas, you know, now that's an assumed thing that you're going to get, and people, you know, want more and more and more. So, not that it's a bad thing, but what I'm meaning is like it's an assumed thing now, whereas before it was a, a, a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, that's all right. I'm just thinking about what we said. Mm. Um, I, I guess what I was trying to say is if, if, we're, if satisfaction is the goal, mm. um, then the goalposts are always going to be changing depending on how we're feeling. Yeah. Um, whereas mm. if like some sort of greater purpose and meaning is the goal mm. um, and satisfaction is a byproduct, mm. then even when we're not satisfied, we're still working toward the goal. Yeah. And so I think when we transition back to marriage now, mm. um, that's what part of the problem I think with this fear of commitment is that the... the, the the goal is essentially just satisfaction, right? Mm. And hence why the try before you buy, you know, mentality, Steve, it's like not satisfied, not satisfied, not satisfied, not ah, satisfied, mm. not satisfied anymore. Mm. Moving on again. Yep. Um, whereas, yeah, if the goal is, you know, to glorify God, to become holy, you know, these more meaningful and more significant things that we've been talking about from scripture, mm. um, you know, seeing how to have the mind of Christ in a practical sense, living out the expression of the, of the plan of salvation is something I haven't said yet, but that's a powerful uh, part of why God mm. said, to get married so we can understand mm-hmm. salvation mm-hmm. Um, yeah these are all like the goalposts mm-hmm. not satisfaction yeah. satisfaction comes to us along the way absolutely mm-hmm. um, and there's a great deal of joy and pleasure I'm sure in marriage um, but that's not the goal of marriage mm-hmm. yeah well it's interesting I started um, uni this week 
and my well, one of my two subjects I'm doing is organizational behavior or oh we're being analyzed much. yeah like that kind of <laughs> <laughs> no not quite <laughs> but yeah one of the um, tutorial questions I was doing to that yeah I haven't finished the course yet. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it uh, I'm actually keen to hear your findings yeah yeah <laughs> on us <laughs> not on you guys I'm not <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah one of the tutorial questions was just we had to sit down and like list the the characteristics that we thought would make someone successful at completing a university degree because yeah. hmm. the course is actually a first year course but it's an elective and that's just a whole nother story yeah but um so yeah i i did it wrote down a few things but they had a few prompts like age gender huh. um family income um just stuff like that so you know i just wrote down a few things that i thought and then it was interesting because i actually listed the the things that the make predictors. people actually complete the university degree. Yep. And the number one predictor was that the person had purpose mm. for completing the university right. degree. So they weren't mm. just like, if we're using it as like an analogy or a metaphor, mm. they weren't aimlessly going, oh, everyone's doing it. Right. Oh, I'll go do a right. BA in, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, or, you know, oh, I want to lo- earn lots of money. So right. I'm going to do this. But, yep. you know, it's not really right. like it's the not- purpose isn't quite there it's not a sure enough foundation it's the whole yeah. jesus talking about building on the rock or building on the sand right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah definitely that's great mm. um there was one more thing i wanted to read from here mm. um just it's very practical right so you know don't read into it too much because i think you know it could skew your perspective but he says um while while it is true that some 45 percent of marriages end in divorce by far the greatest percentage of divorces happen to those who marry before the age of 18 who have dropped out of high school and who have had a baby together before marrying and he quotes from uh, another book that says so if you are a reasonably well educated person with a decent income come from an intact family and a religious and marry after 25 without having a baby your chances of divorce are low indeed and again i said as i said don't read too much into that because you know lots of people uh marry at different times of their life and and there's different experiences and i don't know anybody who could say they come from an intact family um but i guess what i'm trying to say is that um if you can if you can cross off as many of those as possible you're setting Mm. yourself up for success Mm. um so and if if you haven't god's Mm -hmm. grace is is enough right um but yeah i just wanted to say that that you know you're setting yourself up for failure if you're if you're going and you're you you know uh, swimming against the current that God has you know has chosen mm. uh, for relationships. Um, yeah, it's just making your life so much harder. You're going to fail, and eventually, when you do, you're going to be swept away. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why not you know get in the stream that God has set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but well, another reason, um, like another practical reason, especially nowadays to get married is you all of a sudden have two income streams with hmm. almost one set of costs yep. so that's a a nice mm-hmm. added bonus <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah the, the while ever your dinks this works yeah I love you what <laughs> double income no kids oh I did double. <laughs> yeah yeah for dinks this works really well yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, when you when that when kids come and that then yeah, all of a sudden changes, oh, yeah. all bets are off so yeah. um but yeah it is it is attractive to people right yeah especially if if both are high income earners why, why are you laughing <laughs> i'm just trying to think of an, an acronym for him now but oh. it doesn't it doesn't have the same ring to it dick no, <laughs> 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 no, it would have to be no, no, no. there was a t in there you just didn't hear it with Sing- kids so it'd be like sick yeah yeah oh yeah. single income okay six, of course. Six, yeah. <laughs> yeah. single income two kids yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> s-i-t 
K. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh boy. So um, yeah, but yeah, it, it is a consideration that people make, and and it's attractive yeah. for people that are money motivated for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got some more things to say, but I just wanted you guys to finish that thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was just, uh, just thinking on that, and that's actually, I think something that you need to work, work out in your heart, like what's important to you, like beforehand. And I'm sure we'll talk more, more about those sort of issues later. But mm. I think as far as like why you get married, if you're getting married for financial reasons, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's how they did the whole Middle Ages, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The, but at least the elite class did. Yeah, the elite class. But yeah, there's money and power and all, all yeah. the other stuff that goes into it, or survival in a lot of cases. But yeah, I just think that it's it's really telling what why people get into these things, right? And and it's not it's not a new concept for people to you know marry for money if they don't have it, and they marry someone who does, then that's a positive. Oh, but gold diggers. Yeah, gold diggers, right? <laughs> but the whole you know. I think it's 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 good for us to be aware of our own motiv- motivations, right? Yeah. If we're talking about why to get married, we need to come with the the right place. And like like you were saying, Dave, if you're in the right, if you're in the stream that God set up, if you're, you're getting into it because you know that you want to be refined, you want to mature as as a believer, you you want to get varied life experience, you want somebody that you can help to like lift them up and also in the reverse of that they're lifting you up you know working together if you want all those things then that's that's a great start but a lot of people don't enter into it with that sort of degree of clear yeah. thinking I yeah. think one way you could see what Steve was saying is that um, so the stream analogy I probably should have clarified to me that's like you're swimming with God's blessing right yeah. uh, so if you're swimming with the current then you're going to be receiving God's blessing along <laughs> the way and that's one of those blessings that you're yeah. talking about Steve that you can work together you can <laughs> you know have a, a more more stability with finances potentially um, yeah and, and stability in so many other areas as well finance is just yeah. a really yeah. easy one to see which I think yeah. is why you were sharing it yeah yeah chores <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, all right. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about um, what I just briefly mentioned before, and that marriage is an, is a a window into the plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, because so in the plan of salvation, you know, you've got God who's a triune fellowship, right? He's a community before He creates anybody else, right? So yep. there's our example of of mm-hmm. you know what a relationship should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then He creates us like, like you know He knows there's there's a significant risk of failure. Mm-hmm. He creates us, we do fail. Um, and then the Godhead sort of gets together and they're like, what are we going to, you know, how are we going to save humanity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is an analogy. This is not exactly what happened here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it happened before the creation. We know that. Anyway, um, just had to felt the need to clarify that. <laughs> it's okay, Dave. What Heresy do do alert. Heresy alert. So what are you doing with all these disclaimers? This is not yeah, your MO. You're rubbing off on me. Yeah. Um, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, this is it goes right next Gnostic to the Gnostic gospel. Yeah. So, yeah, um, what I was trying to say before was that um, when they had this consultation, right, they decided that, um, you know, Jesus would be the one who would come and who would offer himself up as a sacrifice, right? Um, But that wasn't because the Father wasn't willing, you know, or the Holy Spirit wasn't willing. They took upon themselves roles, and those roles were utilized to fulfill the plan of salvation. Hmm. Without Jesus, we couldn't be saved. Without the Father, we couldn't be saved. Without the Holy Spirit, we couldn't be saved. All are working together for the plan of salvation, right? Mm -hmm. And yet when we see Jesus, Jesus come in the flesh, he is li- living out 
surrender or submission mm-hmm. uh you know the the ephesians 5 word and i'm going to read ephesians 5 in just a minute here mm-hmm. um he's living out submission but he's living out submission willingly to the father because he has a relationship with the father mm-hmm. where the father uses his authority or his leadership in that relationship if mm-hmm. you like mm-hmm. to lead the son into doing what the son already wants to do mm-hmm. right and and when the son is like i'm not sure if i want to do this in gethsemane the father holds strong mm-hmm. to principle because he knows that's in the best interest of the son mm-hmm. but the son still willingly um Submits, submits to, to the that. father right and so yeah. we see this beautiful relationship here and the result of that mm. is that the, is that holiness right mm. it's it's salvation it's sanctification for us of mm. course in the, in that context but if if we thinking about it in the context of a marriage you could look at it for each other right yeah. so um and yet, um, when, when there's this beautiful interplay between the three, and I didn't really elaborate too much on the Holy Spirit there, but I think we can just you know use our imaginations a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but when we see this beautiful interaction between the three of them and we see that creating or that bearing out salvation for humanity, uh, when, we, when we see the marriage relationship and God says, you're a man, you're a woman, you're different. You have different capacities, you have different um, uh, proclivities. You know, as a man, we are uh, driven to provide, right? Yep. That's something that we are really like, we can't escape that, you mm. know? We just want to do it, right? Yep. And so if if we're stuck in a pl- position where we can't do that, that drives us nuts, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a woman... That they and we're speaking in generalities here, of mm-hmm. course. Don't be offended. Yep. Um, <laughs> but whereas a woman, generally speaking, more inclined to nurture, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. And yeah. and as men, we can nurture, but we're nowhere near as good at it. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, I'm sure they can provide, but they're. <laughs> it's, it's harder. It's harder when you're saying it about them. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 say by faith they're nowhere near as good at it as, as we are at mm. the provision aspect, right? And that's because God created us to have mm. specific mm-hmm. um, things to contribute to each other, so that then when the two come together as a whole, mm-hmm. um, you get this beautiful synergy, right? Mm. And without her nurturing, the mm. family can't grow uh, to to reach its full potential. And without His provision and leadership, the family can't grow and reach its full potential. And so that's why the roles exist mm-hmm. that we're going to read about in Ephesians five. Um, um, and that's 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 how they interact to create salvation for the, the family, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in Ephesians five, um, Paul says, "Wives, submit to your husbands, as the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body." So, therefore, um, you know, in in Paul's theology here, he says, "Submit um, to your husbands in the same way that Jesus submitted to the Father." willingly um, because mm. he knew that the father had his best interest at heart yeah. um, the husband is head of the wife as Christ is head of the church so mm-hmm. so there's this there's this sort of disclaimer if you like Luke mm. um, <laughs> that, that Paul makes that the husband is is the head or he's the leader as Christ is the head or the leader mm. of, of the church right yep and I think it's really interesting, by the way, that this comes in the context of, and I know Tim Keller talks a fair bit about this in the book as well. Yep. We might get to this when we talk about marriage specifically at the end of the series. Hmm. Um, but he talks about how this comes in the context of, of talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so he says, um, Paul is assuming um, uh, conversion, essentially. He's assuming spirit-filled living when he says, wives, submit to your husbands. Yep. He's not saying that outside of the context of the, having the Holy Spirit dwelling in you because that, that ain't going to happen. And that, that's vital because otherwise that whole passage becomes a uh, misused bludgeoning tool. Right, right. Yeah. exactly, yeah. as it far too often is. Yes. Um, and the same is true of when he says, um, husbands love your wives in verse 25, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Hmm. Impossible yeah. unless we're living with the Spirit, you yes. know, indwelling of the Spirit in us, um, indwelling in us. 
that was unnecessary. Anyway, <laughs> um, we can't have that experience without the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yeah. And so he's coming into that with the assumption. But so we see these roles here together. We see how they work out the, the salvation of the body uh, when they're, when they're um, cooperating together. And so I just wanted to say that, you know, the question is why get married? Uh, because God set it up for our sanctification. Yeah. Um, this was this was a God-given institute to to make us better versions of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say that we can only be the best version of ourselves when we pursue life in relationships. Yeah. Now that could be in marriage, mm-hmm. or if you're called to to being single, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But have relationships with people, you know, close yeah. relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. where you can still have this character development and influence that we're talking about here. Yes, and, and I was going to say, is there a good reason? Because we, we've been talking about why get married. Well, you know, why not get married? Are there any reasons that you would be able to think of based on what we've talked about? Because you know what we're what we're saying, and obviously, you know, we've we've added a couple of disclaimers here and there. You know, Jesus wasn't married as an example, and obviously, some of the disciples weren't married, and so we're not saying that it's universally so. But obviously, some some of those key biblical figures who were very much mature Christians, mature believers, Jesus, they, yeah, Jesus, <laughs> point, yeah, point in case there. <laughs> What are good reasons to not be married if we're, you know, trying to weigh it up? Uh, aren't we going to talk about that when we talk about singleness? Fair call. I, <laughs> feel, like it, I feel like it's a, an untied thread that I want to tie okay. up. Prob- tie you, it then. But you, <laughs> no, I was going to say, you're probably right. L- let's give it a, a very short treatment because I, I think some of the... Just give, to give some examples. Yeah, who's OCD? Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so, oh, oh. Okay, I'm just pointing the fingers now. Oh, yeah, pointing fingers here. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there are some people like, you know, Paul is a great example, right? That, that he, he says, I wish that... Yeah, I know. Was he actually married, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's some historical... I know, and I actually... There. I have a hunch. Like, okay, I have a hunch. That's a bad way of saying that. I am... <laughs> my yeah, my opinion, based on my reading, is that he was probably married at some point, but not when he wrote what he wrote about, um, you know, not being married. So. That's my thinking. Anyway, Steve so seems to care about this a lot more than I do. Why? No, no I, I don't care. No, just, you're just, just you're just like interesting. It's a very direct statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, it's a hunch. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm understanding the argument correctly, my, my understanding is that um, the going I, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you probably know way more about it than me. I just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I have a preconceived idea that he was. So, like, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, where, where does it, and where does that come from? Oh. Is it the Sanhedrin argument? See, that's what I mean. You know way more about it than me. I don't <laughs> even know where it comes from. If it's just like the because Bible Project th- or... Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's N.T. Wright. I'm not sure. But just, just from listening to the yeah. other stuff... Just yeah. Well, there are a number of people that, that assert that he was married because in order to be on the Sanhedrin, he, yeah. oh, okay. you had you had to be. Well, that's a pretty good assumption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. so like that, that's the argument that I've heard. I haven't looked into it like deeply yeah. myself, but that, that's the argument that I've heard. And, but And, and your, your disclaimer about... Not when he wrote this is based on First Corinthians seven, I'm guessing. Yeah, is that where he, where he says, you know, as I am, as I am, yeah. yeah. So he, he where he's making reference to, you know, it'd be great if you weren't if you weren't married in the sense that you could dedicate <laughs> yourself completely to ministry. <laughs> Sounds like calling for divorce there when you say it like that. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great if you weren't married. <laughs> Not quite, but but that's stay the, single. I think was the term. Yeah, stay single. Yeah, there's another can of worms. Yeah, yeah. We'll open more worms later, but. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so that's the that, that's basically my my thinking on on that point. So yeah, but anyway, we, we you didn't finish it. what you were saying though. You got derailed. I probably yeah, did. What was I talking about? You were, you started. Oh, off good by reasons. Saying, yeah, yeah. And so what I was what I was going to say is, 
you mentioned like the gift of singleness, and, and I, I think there's multiple ideas on on what that means and yeah. and how that works. We'll explore some of those. Yeah, I look forward to exploring that. But <laughs> I think we've noticed. <laughs> I think there are some there are some scenarios where people are at a, a either a stage or a time in their life or in a certain set of circumstances where it makes the most sense for them to to remain un, you know not married. But I think that is reserved if you like for people who would be happy that way like i, I think that the people <laughs> that that have like most people have that desire in their heart to be with somebody and well and the reason paul gives, life, you know the reason paul gives in first corinthians 7 yeah. and we'll explain this in more detail later yeah. is he says it would be better for the gospel ministry yes. in some cases it'd be better for the gospel ministry if mm-hmm. you could do it alone yes right and there is merit to that and we'll talk about that more when we get there yeah uh, there's merit to that because there's a there's a certain capacity that you have when you're single that you don't have when you're married yes right because mm-hmm. now you're thinking about somebody else. Whereas when you're single, the people that you're thinking about outside of yourself are your mission, yes. right? And and that's not to say that the person you're thinking about when you're married isn't your mission because they are. Yes. So now your mission has broadened in a sense, whereas you mm. can be more targeted with your mission when you're single. Yeah. Is that enough of a, a tie yeah. up for you? I think that, that's enough. You're happy? You can leave it alone my, now? My OCD is satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. We'll, cool. we'll color code it later. Very good. Um, I, there's these three great questions, great questions in English um, yeah. that uh, I, I think are really insightful, right? So sure. this book is called The Adventist Home. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a book that's been written by um, uh, one of the early Adventist pioneers to our denomination. Mm. But I think this this is just rounded Universal. information that yeah. can be used for anyone. She says, ex- examine carefully to see if your married life would be happy or, ha- or inharmonious and wretched. Mm. Uh, and how are we going to do that? Let the questions be re-raised will this union help me heavenward there's three things here right will this union help me heavenward will it increase my love for God and will it enlarge my sphere of usefulness in this life Mm -hmm. so why get married get married if it will help you heavenward get married if it will increase your love for God get married if it will enlarge your sphere of usefulness in this life if the person you're thinking about linking up with will not help you heavenward will not increase your love for God and will not increase your sphere of usefulness in this life mm-hmm. then I think the answer is why why not get married mm-hmm. uh, well why yeah why get married in that case don't because you can't answer those three questions affirmatively yeah that's what I was <coughs> going to say because you don't want to just marry anyone <coughs> so if you haven't found someone who yeah like Dave said doesn't stack up to like your needs or at least what you perceive to be like God's ideal, mm-hmm. that's that's why not to get married mm. yet. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about I'll that yet, Steve. Yeah. Hey? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Good point. Good point. Sorry, I didn't mean to that's right. take away from it. <laughs> yeah, that's good, he's just roasting you because he can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I'm oh, sure though. I'm sure I'll get mine back in, I'll, I'll in the it. next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, so I think that's probably a good place for us to start wrapping, right? So yeah. why get married? Because God has a purpose for marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if we can fulfill that purpose for marriage, mm. we will find greater holiness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it becomes and a great blessing. as the married person in the room, can you testify that that is true? Oh, 100% yeah. in every possible way. Yeah. yeah. And on your behalf, I can also testify that that is true because you were a good man when I met you, but you're a great man now. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to come back from that aside from to say we're done. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, on that note, we're yeah. going to close here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to continue to affirm me, please uh, yeah, like, <laughs> reach back, out on social back, media. <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me why that statement is correct. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> just just wrap us up, Dave. You go for it, man. No, I'm done. <laughs> That's where we're going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> we will catch you guys next week uh, for another episode in this series. We'll see you then. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
axed me. Yes. And that's the end of another episode. Just before I head off, I want to encourage you to go over to our page on Facebook and also our account on Instagram and follow us there because that is where we interact with our listeners and we would love for you to enter in and join the conversation. Also, while you're signing up, I would also recommend signing up to our mailing list on our website, oztabletalk.com.au. If you do that, you will receive our exclusive content because occasionally we do release exclusives and they only go out to our mail mailing list. So I would strongly recommend you go and sign up for that. If you have a few more minutes to be one of the most amazing listeners on the planet, you can go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review because reviews help us to grow and they help other people to find us. So if you want to help us reach those goals, please jump in and give us a review. The final message that I'd like to leave you with is to let you know about our Patreon account. Now, Patreon is a way for creators to get paid for creating. And ultimately, what we do does cost money to get us hosted and have the services that we need to run the podcast. And so if you'd like to help us do that, jump over onto patreon.com slash oztabletalk and you can you can give anything from even a dollar a month upwards. But at different levels, there are different benefits, different rewards that we want to give you just to say thank you for being an amazing supporter of ours. If you can't afford that, we would just gratefully accept your prayers because that is what our ministry runs on. And so with that, I will leave you to your day and thank you so much for listening to this episode. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.